0: From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas.
1: It's about to go down, in a minute, let me touch down, I'ma
2: get it, cause I, I, I,
0: been waiting all night, it's gang time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Presented by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Now from the Allen Samuels Studios, here's Tom Barfield, Ward Weiss, and Ryan Fox. Hey,
2: good morning. Welcome to Friday TGIF. It is, oh, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great weekend. Lots going on. Uh, And then we head into Monday in the National Championship game as the TCU Horned Frogs take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Looking forward to that one at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Let's uh go around the horn and check in. Good morning to Ward Whites. Ward, how are we? Good. Ward are you a little more happy this morning now that it's somewhat cool outside? Yeah, it feels better. It's not cold.
3: But not it's not cold cool. by any means.
2: No, it's 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 a crisp Friday morning. It's required long pants. Mm-hmm. Or some would say britches. <laughs> you're gonna rub a hole in get off the ground you're gonna rub a hole in the knees of those britches <laughs> Ryan, good morning how are we i'm doing good good morning tom did anybody ever think at 701 you'd be talking about britches no <laughs> that's what you gotta love about this radio show this is game time your first word worded sports and other things and we welcome you uh, into the program we got a lot to get to today and look forward to it as uh we uh as we roll through this Friday morning, don't forget this afternoon at 3 o'clock, it's the John Morris Show, and at 4 p.m. today, the uh, Matt Mosley Program, all right here on ESPN Central Texas. So uh, I, we like to start because we like to live, we like to, we like to just kind of see what goes on in, in famous people's lives. So Ward, I'll ask you, what you do? Anything exciting yesterday besides work? That was it. A lot of work yesterday
3: mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it should be. <laughs> yeah, we uh, got a lot of things going on. Uh, Ryan, how are you? Everything okay? I mean, you know,
4: everything's good. Tom, work a lot of work yesterday too. Nothing, what? nothing too exciting. But,
2: it, but you're dancing in the studio this morning, and I'm trying to figure out why. I'm cold. Oh, you're cold. My hands are cold. You're indoors, by the way. I am. And it's about forty three or forty four outside I mean it's you know you realize it's not cold. My hands get cold very
4: easily, Uh-oh. it's an anomaly. It's a whaty? an anomaly all right all right Ward Ryan
2: unbelievably good news yesterday, right with the yeah. the Hamlin situation mm-hmm. uh I, I, minus the event not happening. This is about as good a scenario as you're going to get. Neurologically intact is how they put it. Neurologically intact. That is
4: phenomenal news. Phenomenal news. Best news you could ask for at this moment.
2: I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, I don't want to get preachy. But I can't believe that you could see this unfold <laughs> and not believe that there was some kind of divine intervention, whether it's prayer or whatever you whatever you might believe in. But man, oh man, that's uh, that's that's pretty incredible stuff.
4: I mean, it's cool because the first thing he asked whenever he woke up did they was, win? Did they win? How about that? You think he's an
2: athlete? You think he's a competitor? He comes out of what?
4: Cardiac arrest? He 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 couldn't, twice. Be, he couldn't believe that he was out for 2 days. He told they told him that he couldn't believe it. They were they lost him twice mm-hmm. on that football field.
2: Just and, amazing. And he's waking up asking, "Did did we win?" You know, that's <laughs> phenomenal news. Phenomenal news. NFL also decided, and I think rightfully so, that this game between Buffalo and Cincinnati would not resume. Now, I've read a couple of different things. I've heard that the competition committee is going to get together and they're going to kind of figure things out. I also heard that they'll they'll just proceed through week 18, and then if if necessary, they'll use the – tie break rules to determine seeding. Because hasn't Buffalo already won the division? I think, you know, right now they they kind of sit as that as that two seed. Chiefs one, Bills two, Cincinnati three. I think is kind of how it sits right now. And if they need to, based off of this weekend's results, go to the, the tie break. But then I also heard this morning that the competition committee is going to get together and and kind of figure some things out. So I I don't know wh- what they do, but whatever they do, I mean I, I I I don't know how you would have played this game, resumed this game, without pushing the 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 start of the playoffs back one week, and keep and kept everybody safe and healthy. You you, you certainly can't ask in my opinion in week 17 for Buffalo and Cincinnati to resume the game and then four or five days later play week 18 and then four or five days later start the playoffs because that's kind of how you would have had to have done it I mean I can't I I, I couldn't see any other scenario where you could have could have gotten in those games and and played weeks resume week 17 game played week 18 game and then got ready and played the first round the wild card round
4: yeah that's two games within like a 10 to 12 day span right before the playoffs that's just too much to ask too much to ask and I think unfair yeah I mean if you're looking for for competition
2: from the competition standpoint i don't think it's I don't think it's fair uh you're asking two teams to do some things that you're not asking anybody else to do. And these are two teams, quite honestly, that could win the AFC. I think the AFC is pretty – I think that's going to be entertaining.
4: And those two teams, the Bills and Bengals, could absolutely meet again in the playoffs anyway. So, who knows?
2: So, there you go. That's that's what's happened there. And that uh, that is remarkable news. And, you know, he's still – in critical condition and he's got a long ways to go but when you stop and think about how this week has unfolded and you know what 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 happened on Monday night and here we are on Friday morning talking about him asking if if they won the football game that's i mean that's i mean it's it's kind of kind of hard to comprehend quite frankly it's
3: nothing short of remarkable
2: i mean when when you when you it, it, and i was watching the game and i'm sure you guys were too to see how that thing transpired it was just i don't know i mean that's it's a miracle i mean that's i don't know how else to explain it i'm not sure you can explain it now the medical attention that he received, the time timeliness of the medical attention, saved his life. But those people were put in place. They were, in my, it's my belief that they were there for a reason. It's my belief that everybody that 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 worked on him and helped him was put there for a reason. They were put there for that 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 reason. I mean, it. it I don't know how else you explain it. I mean, he they lost him twice on the football field. And then five days later, he's asking whether or not they won the football game. To me, that's <laughs> I guess I'm at a loss for words because it's, you know, such a miracle. All right, uh, 709, that is uh, the good news. What we got for you today. We'll talk about uh, Baylor and Kansas or, or uh, on the women's side. Baylor and Kansas State on the men's side. Pat Nunley joins us. Uh, we'll do that around 7.30 at 8 o'clock. We'll talk about the Chris Beard situation. He has been officially terminated as the head basketball coach of the Texas Longhorns. Jeff Howe from 104.9 FM, the Horn in Austin and Horns 247 Sports will join us. Get us up to speed on on that around 8 o'clock at 8.30. We'll talk Cowboys and Commanders. I think yesterday I said Redskins. Sorry. Oops. I'm sorry, man. In my whole life, they've been the Washington Redskins. Ask Ricky Thompson who they are. <laughs> he played for them. You know, okay, so you want them to be the Commanders? They're the commanders. Good for you. But it was, there was, I just did. I called them the Redskins. I'm accustomed to calling them the Redskins. Aren't you? Yeah. I mean, our entire lives, they've been the Washington Redskins. You know, that song, Hell to the Redskins, and, you know, the RFK Stadium bouncing up and down, the bleachers, and, you know, when they'd get rocking and rolling. I mean, those are the memories. And, Mark Mosley and John Riggins and you know Joe Thiesman and Sonny Jurgensen and you know all, all those dudes.
4: Anything's better than the football team. <laughs> well, there,
2: there was consideration for the football team. I think serious consideration for just leaving it the Washington football team. But anyway, uh, we'll uh, we'll do that with Kyle Yeoman's coming up around eight thirty as the Cowboys conclude the regular season against Washington. Uh, Sunday afternoon, 325 for the kick, 2.30 for our broadcast right here on ESPN Central Texas. So that's what we got going for you. Uh, and a whole lot of other n- things to get to. And we're going to try to get to them all this morning as we kick off a brand new day. Don't forget, you can join us on our CNC Collision Center text line. And that is 254-662-1660, 254-662-1660. 1660 and of course uh, everything if you miss anything on the program anything on the John Moore show anything on the Matt Mosley show you can always go back to uh, CentexSportsFan.com and catch it on the podcast right, uh, 7-11 we're off and running on this Friday edition of the program next on ESPN Central
5: Texas this is Dallas Cowboys football 2022
6: nothing that says on Christmas Eve you can't make third and six only heard here back
5: throws the ball deep to the middle season. Stop, spin, dances in. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station.
4: It's the Cowboys at the Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2.30 on ESPN Central Texas.
5: Hello, everyone. Brian Reese here, General Manager Harley Davidson of Waco. I'd like to thank all of our loyal customers for an incredible 2022 and wish all of our ESPN Central Texas audience a very happy two- 2023. To say thank you, I'd like to invite you to come into my store, mention the ESPN Central Texas advertisement, and I will hook you up with an incredible opportunity on any brand new 2022 Harley-Davidson motorcycle in stock. Again, ask for Brian Reese, and I will get your knees in the breeze.
3: Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar, or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. the insurance process for you don't let any fly by night company look at your roof let a real professional you trust do the work for you put mcadams and sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over central texas check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want
0: a kid with your house's lid espn central texas is your flagship station for baylor
7: athletics Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair. We're probably not going to be able to do that last commercial on the air. I got in trouble. You are inappropriate. I didn't mean to. I know you're accidentally inappropriate. Well, I was born this way. Yeah. Who's that girl that sings that? I have no idea. Okay, anyway. Y'all call us and remind me who sung that song, Born This Way. Born it this- Anyway, uh, why are we here? To tell people that we would be happy to come give them a free inspection for foundation repair. But it's cold. Yes. So I have to be happy in the cold? No, you don't have FixItJimmy.com. to. FixItJimmy.com. Just call us. She'll make me show up. I wear my polar bear suit. 254-235-4922. Does
5: the thought of mice, rats, or other
3: rodents taking up residence in your walls or attic make you feel uncomfortable? Once inside, these unwanted critters can come Cause thousands of dollars in damage to your home. The experts at 855BUGS can identify points of entry and eliminate them. We use a variety of methods to keep rodents out. Be proactive, not reactive. Let 855BUGS ensure your home is protected with a free inspection and comprehensive treatment plan. Visit 855BUGS.com now
6: to schedule your free inspection.
0: Game time is brought to you by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, your friend in the car business. All
2: right, 716, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad you're with us. Basketball coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN Central Texas. It is Kansas State and Baylor. It's a five o'clock tip. Our broadcast begins at four thirty. Kansas State under Jerome Tang at twelve or thirteen and one on the year. They are two and zero in the conference. Baylor at ten and four and zero and two in the league. And it's early. We've talked about it. We talked about it yesterday. But I just want an opinion. Are we is is this must win for Baylor? It's it's a a home game, and B they they've started zero and two. Is this? And I realize we're in the first couple of weeks of of conference play,
3: but early on, is this a must win? I think this is as much a must win in this time of the season as you're going to find. It's as close to a must-win as there is, isn't it? If it's not a
2: must-win, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not that you're 0-3. It's the fact that in this league, how do you dig out of 0-3? Because the competition is so so stinking good all across the board. Up and down, up and down the
3: – Well, and you lost
2: the two home games back to back. That's the thing. Now it's not only that you're zero three, but it's you're zero three with two home losses, and we and we keep preaching, hey, still a couple on the road, win your home games in this league. Well, you got in order to do that, you got to start winning your home games. I think Scott Drew said it the other day. We got to get one. We got to get one, and and I know, and don't you guys agree that it's going to be a kind of a weird vibe and a weird feel with coach tang and his guys coming in here i mean he's he's been on the other side of that of that uh, court for all these years and you know that's that's there's relationships there and, and and i mean it's beyond a work relationship those you know it's it's almost like brothers and and, and family and all, but at the end of the day you got to you got to find a way to put that tuck that into the corner someplace and go play the Durham basketball game, and go win the basketball game. I mean, you're kind of pushed into into a corner, I think. At, at zero two, yeah, you are. And and you're gonna you're gonna fall, you know, you're gonna fall behind. I mean, you, you look at the, and I know it's early, but sometimes it's not how many games you've won or lost, but how many teams you you've got to try to leapfrog. To get to where you want to go, mm-hmm. and and if if they don't help you by losing, then you know that it that it becomes it becomes too big a task. So you know we talk about it all the time in every sport. It doesn't really matter. You're not going to win it in the first couple of weeks, but man, you can certainly put yourself in a position to where you can't win it if you if you just get off to that horrendous start. And I think it would be—I think it'd be unbelievably difficult for this team to to start zero and three and zero and two at home. So it's, you know, I don't know how they they view it, and I just think it's it—you know—it's as close to a must-win as there is. This is a big,
3: big game, early. Well, if you lose this, you start getting tight the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, and this is a game you can't play tight. You're right. I mean, if you
2: if you're winning, you're playing with a lot of confidence. If you're losing, you're you're asking the questions why, and you know, you start looking around trying to figure things out. Elsewhere in the league, Texas is at Oklahoma State. Iowa State is at TCU. That'd be an interesting game, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Iowa State and TCU
3: used playing very well
2: right they now. They are. So is Iowa State. So is Iowa State. Uh, Kansas is at West Virginia.
3: And Oklahoma is uh, in Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Who's another team that needs a win right now? Yeah. Tech 0-2. And uh,
2: that'll be coming up on Saturday night at 6. Oklahoma and Tech. So, and again you start looking at these matchups and and start looking at the rankings and all that there's just not that one Wednesday or or big Monday or Saturday where you go you know what we're going to you can kind of catch your breath here you're at home against this team this it's just not there it's just not there uh if you don't play at a high level you're going to get beat and the crazy part is, if you do play at a high level, you still may get beat, and that's just that's just the facts right now. I, and we're going to have Pat Nunnley coming up in just a couple of minutes, but I want to get Pat's input on. I I, I I'm I go back, and I know we're going to talk about Kansas State and, and all the things that are involved there, but I want to go back to the to the game on the other night at the Farrell Center where they had a 17-point lead in the first half and still double-digit figures at halftime and then just couldn't find a way to, to get it done in the second half. And, and they got out-hustled. And, and a lot of that has to do with TCU. A lot of that has to do with TCU, and I think it also has to do, and I know I know, we talk about TCU and their ability to get back in, in transition, and they scored 52 in the paint and all that stuff, but they also made it incredibly difficult for Bader to score on their offensive end, where in the first half, I thought Bader got some really good looks, and they knocked him down. In In the second half, Boy, there was a hand in the face. There was, you know, there was a body on them and I don't, you know, I just kind of got the feeling that TCU didn't care if they fouled. Put them on the line. You want to shoot two, shoot two, but you're not going to hit three point jumpers against us. I just, I don't know. That's what it looked like to me. So we'll we'll talk to Pat coming up in, in just a couple of minutes about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Baylor women are going to be in action today. We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. Not today. I said today. That's They'll be in action tomorrow. We'll have that game, by the way, over a 104.9. And that's going to be an interesting game. They're going to go play Kansas. And Kansas, guys, what are they, 12-1? Uh, Correct. And their one loss was a triple overtime loss at Nebraska. You think that's a pretty good team? They're perfect at home. I think they're 8-0 at home. And that's where the Baylor women go. But man, if you could find a way to win that one, that would give you a three and O starting conference, and you would have you would have gone on the road and won two big road games in the conference. I mean, I don't think I, I just keep thinking back to the Oklahoma win and just how big a win that was uh, on the road early in this league race, as they went into Norman and and uh, you know that was a team that was averaging nearly ninety points a game and. The uh, Baylor women got it done. And every time Oklahoma made a run, Baylor women stopped that run. They found a way to to counter that run. And they, they got the win. And they're, uh, they're now off to the 2-0 start. And they're headed to, uh, to Lawrence tomorrow for a, uh, for a matchup. And we'll have the game on 104.9 as they're playing about the same time the Baylor men are. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll have Baylor women on 104.9 FM. But, you know, look, if you can win that one, and steal a game, and I, I say steal, but you know that's what we—that's kind of how it's described. When when your home game, steal them on the road, but you would have taken your first two road games in conference play. That's a uh, that's a tremendous start. Sets you up nice, it does. So we'll uh, we'll see how it all how it all unfolds tomorrow. We'll have those broadcasts right here on your flagship station for for Baylor Athletics. Pat Nunley talks Baylor men's basketball, we do it next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
8: Hey everyone, with today's Cowboys Report, I'm Christy Scales. Michael Parsons talks about going against Commander's rookie quarterback Sam Howell right after this.
0: Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the Cheetah Savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G, fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated.
5: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Becky Hammond on being the first woman to coach in the NBA.
9: What if it's no big deal that I'm a woman? What if it's about striving for excellence and being the best me without the label?
5: It's not about where others say you should be. It's about where you want to go. It's about a financial services company that focuses on your measures of success. Whether it's for your home or business, we offer personalized service and expert advice to
10: help you achieve your unique goals.
8: Visit SWBC.com for financial services without the labels. Yesterday at the Star, former Cowboys DeMarcus Ware and Darren Woodson held a press conference. Both are finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So's linebacker Zach Thomas and Chuck Hatley is a finalist in the senior category. They'll find out next month if they get enough votes to wear a gold jacket. As for current players, Sunday's regular season finale at Washington has Micah Parsons in the defense facing rookie quarterback Sam Howell, who's making his regular season debut. Parsons says the fact that Howell hasn't played a snap means there are unknowns entering the Game.
1: Everyone got the same plays, but everybody plays different. You know, who knows who he has his relationship with, where his progression lies? You know, it's always harder.
8: Kickoff Sunday is 3:25 Central. A Cowboy win plus an Eagles loss to the Giants means Dallas wins the division. That's today's Cowboys report. I'm Christy Scales.
6: Cowboy report brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Cars and trucks are arriving weekly. Highway 6 at the Imperial exit in Waco and at RichardCarr.com.
3: ESPN Central Texas is taking the morning show on the road. Come join ESPN Central Texas game time with Tom Barfield, Ward Weintz and Ryan Fox and Stephanie from Sales as we'll broadcast live at 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Tuesday, January 10th at Fuzzy's Taco Shop in Hewitt. Fuzzy's Taco Shop in Hewitt will be opening at 7 a.m. every day starting Monday, January 9th. Stop in and say hello to game time and get a breakfast taco at half price. That's right, half price for the breakfast taco. Fuzzy's Taco Shop with game time in Hewitt located at 1509
5: Hewitt Drive.
0: espn radio sports center
6: i'm lark smith with your espn central texas sports update brought to you by asco equipment in belton off i-35 on it with case construction equipment whatever the job is the university of texas has fired head basketball coach chris beard after his arrest for domestic family violence assistant head coach roger terry will remain in charge for the rest of the season Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin is awake and showing substantial improvement. The NFL has decided to cancel the game in which Hamlin was injured. NFL owners are to meet today to decide the seating for the AFC postseason, considering that cancellation. Both the Baylor men and women are in action tomorrow. The men host Kansas State for a 5 o'clock tip-off. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The women travel to Kansas for a 4 o'clock start, and you can hear that game on Star 1049 FM.
0: Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas your home for Baylor men's and women's basketball ESPN Central Texas
2: All right, 7.30, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas with Ward and Ryan. I'm Tom, and we're joined now by Pat Nonny from the uh, Baylor broadcast team. Pat, first of all, good morning. Appreciate your time. Hey, before we talk about Kansas State and all the things that are going on there, take us back to the TCU game and, and kind of walk me through it. I I, I I got the sense, Pat, that it was almost like two different games. In the first half, Baylor got a lot of good looks and, and knocked down – knocked down shots, but in the second half, I thought TCU just put bodies on bodies and and really kind of denied Baylor good looks and and then, of course, got out and, and, and ran really well.
12: They did, and I think your last comment, Tom, was it. They ran really well. I mean, the key statistic in the game was TCU's 23 fast break points. They came into the game leading the nation in fast break points at 21 a game. They got 23. And that was it. That was the difference. I mean, I, I couldn't believe how they ran with the ball. I mean, they, those guys create fast break opportunities out of thin air. And you know they're going to do it to you, and they just do it to you. I mean, you know that's what you've got to stop, but you, you can't do it. So, you know, Baylor made 9 of 13 threes in the first half, and that was great you know had a 17 point lead but the whole time I'm thinking I don't know if this is sustainable TCU 17th best defense in the country so you knew that was going to uh going to play a factor in the second half the big one though was fast break opportunities and in a game like that I mean you know I keep I keep banging the drum that the T- I mean, that the um Big 12 is a defensive league and it is But the team that we're going to play on Saturday averages 99 points a game. (laughs) But still, in the league, you have to get key stops. And down the stretch, we knew it was going to be a one or two possession game. Most Big 12 games are. And at the end of that game, Baylor has to get a stop. They don't get one. Baylor gets the ball back with four seconds to play. Got a shot. TCU got a stop. And that's really what it boiled down to, and I think that's just going to be the tone of the league as we move forward.
3: How important is it that this team puts that behind them very quickly with the Wildcats coming in, and you just mentioned them scoring 116 points their last outing. This is a team that the the bucket is as big as, as a beach ball going in the ocean right now.
12: <laughs> it is, it is, and it's critical that, they just turn the page and move on. I can't remember the last time Baylor was 0 and 2 to start Big 12 play, but the biggest problem with Baylor the other night was TCU, and that's it. TCU is a really good basketball team. They are old. Uh, you know, Kansas won the league. I'm sorry, won the national championship last year. They were old guys. When Baylor won it, they were really old. TCU is old. TCU took one guy from the transfer portal. And he plays a supporting role. They've got six starters back. I'm sorry, six of their top scorers back. So you just – you learn from it and you move on. And coming into that game, TCU had won 10 in a row. Now K-State on Saturday has won seven in a row. And Jerome Tang has re-energized that program.
2: You mentioned Jerome Tang bringing his team to town. We know all – look, we know what what the situation is there. I I just – and I know we're we're just a couple of weeks into this thing, but being a home game, having just dropped a home game, being zero and two, as you pointed out, is this is this as close to a must win as as we've seen around here in a while?
12: I think so, Tom. And even though we're just three games into the league, the stakes are really high for both teams. I mean, that's kind of crazy to think. And what what that suggests is every game in the Big Twelve is just critical and. You have to win at home. You just do because every team in this league is going to struggle to win on the road because the quality of the league from top to bottom may be the best it's ever been. And statistically proven over the last five years, the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country. And this year, it's as good as I've seen it uh, all the way down the list of teams that, that participate. It's it's a war, it really is. But Baylor has been pretty good coming back after bad losses. Lost to Mark, I'm sorry, lost to Virginia. Comes back and beats UCLA. Lost badly to Marquette. Comes back and beats Gonzaga. Uh, that's really what we thought was going to happen against TCU. But uh, that was a team that was on a roll, and I think it's a top ten basketball team. But you wake up and and the next game you play. Is against a team with a ton of momentum. They're now in the top twenty-five, and Baylor, since the national championship, has had a target so a target on its back, and Saturday will be no exception.
3: You think maybe the number one objective going into this game may be transition basketball for the Bears?
12: I think so. I mean that that game the other night uh, taught the Bears a lesson about that. You, you have to play transition defense. Uh, and I think Kansas State will be uh, TCU on steroids. They're going to run. They're really going to try to score, and that's been their calling card. They had two guys combined for 64 <laughs> against Texas. That's a that is a significant win to go into Austin and score, you know, produce offense like they did against a team that traditionally is one of the best defensively in the league. So yeah, I mean. As we say a lot, welcome to the Big Twelve. How
2: does this? How, where does Scott find the consistent offense uh, for, for this team? I mean, they put up a bunch of points. What forty-nine in the first half? Certainly didn't do that in the second half. Where do you get that that balance? And and when those jump shots are not going, where where does that where does that offense come from?
12: That's a good question. And Scott has said along the way, and I don't think he would change his tune today. Offense is really not the problem. I mean, this team can score. It scored, what was it, 88, 87 against TCU. It can score. Mm-hmm. The challenge is on the defensive end of the floor. A year ago, Baylor was 13th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency, and now they're hovering at about 50. That, that's a big drop, and that's just not Baylor basketball. So they've got to get that back. And it's it's not, again, holding teams to 60. That's just – going to be difficult to do in the league. It is again, getting key stops when you have to have them. That's what the championship teams in this league do night in and night out. And Baylor has just not found a way to do that. I do think it would be helpful to get scoring from the baseline. And that's Jalen Bridges. Who's not, I mean, he's playing the four spot. He's playing facing the basket more than with his back to it. But the continued progression of Josh Ojanwana is is significant I mean the other night against TCU he was a threat to score in the low post and that's something that Thamba just doesn't bring to the table so if if the Bears can make him a threat make defenses really have to guard him in the low post then that's going to add a nice wrinkle to the team offensively he had 11 and 7 against TCU he makes his free throws and he was finally a threat to score, that'll be helpful. And Jalen Bridges, at some point, is going to start making shots. He made two or three threes the other night, which was good to see. So those two guys, if if they can provide a little more of a scoring punch, it will help offensively.
3: Isn't this team built on, not only philosophy-wise, but what the coaching staff likes to do and the way they put this team together, built on that defense, how they play that defense and turn that defense into offense?
12: Yeah, it is. And and if you think about it, Ward, uh, over the last three years, when Baylor has been as good as it gets in college basketball, I think the calling card was defense. Davion Mitchell, Mark Vidal, Jonathan Chumwachachua last year, who played only through February and was still the co-defensive player of the year in the league. And it's just, that's just not the mindset right now. And it's it's defense every single possession of every single game every pass every dribble and they just haven't really bought into that yet I think the attitude has been we're going to outscore people we're going to beat you with offense and that only goes so far and I I mean think about the Iowa State game in the second half of that game with about six or seven minutes to play Baylor was shooting 56% from the floor that's pretty darn good and yet Iowa State was at sixty-one, sixty-two. So offense, not the problem. You just got to get stops. And I, I know, I say that a lot, but I think when you boil it all down, that's going to be the case again, even on Saturday.
2: You, you mentioned Saturday. How do you see this unfolding? I mean, I mean, look, Coach Tang was such a huge part of of this of this thing, not only from a basketball term, but from you know, I, I mentioned it a minute ago. I, I think it certainly goes beyond friendship. It's family. I mean, family's coming in, but you've got to find a way to beat family. I mean, th- this is this is a this is an interesting game in from so many different dynamics. Yeah,
12: he's a brother. I mean, he yeah. really is to to those guys on that staff, and no secret about that. And and I think he would be the first to tell you. So it's going to be emotional. It's going to be strange seeing him coaching another team, wearing a different uh, color scheme, it will be strange. But he he has done exactly what I knew he would do at K-State, and that is to re-energize that program. I said the other day, when you watch K-State play at the end of last year, they weren't having any fun. They just weren't. And the sizzle was gone, and now he's brought it back, and those guys are having a ball. It's just kind of interesting and refreshing to see the energy that he's brought to the program. It's going to be strange, but once, once they're, you know, they exchange hugs before the game and they've been in town all week and they, they stayed, as I understand it, they played Texas and just stayed here. They're not back in school yet. So I think they've probably had opportunities to, um, to get together and, and share, Experiences and that kind of thing, and they'll they'll that'll continue until about five minutes before game time, and then all of that stuff goes completely out the window, and both teams are going to be at one another's necks trying to win a game.
2: How do they win it, Pat? I mean, how, you you talk about stops, getting a, a timely stop, getting in playing defense. How, how do they do it though? How, how do you draw it up?
12: I think that's it. They they have to guard. This is a team that can really score. They shoot a lot of shots. Again, 99 points a game. And they're averaging, in Big 12 play, 22 assists a game. And what that suggests is they've got chemistry. And they have a rhythm to their offense. They look to score very quickly, and they can. It goes back to how do you, how do you put a bit in the mouth of that offense? I don't think you're going to keep them from scoring completely. But you, you got it, again, you, you just have to get key stops. And what you also want is for every shot that Kansas State takes in that game to be a difficult shot. Whether it's a two or a three, it needs to be closely guarded. And that is is the ticket, I think, to success. That game may end in the 80s, as the TCU game did. But at the end of the ball game, it's who's going to get uh, key stops when they have to get them. Again back to TCU, Frogs got one, Baylor didn't, and Frogs win by one. Does does your
2: offensive tempo dictate how how your defensive tempo is? I mean, do they slow down a little bit to to try to slow down Kansas State? How do you go about it offensively?
12: I think so. Uh, you know, this team has I think at times relied excessively on the three-point shot. And and really what I mean by this is a three-point shooting team, and they'll continue to be that, and they should because they do it really well. But those threes need to come from the inside out, not the outside in. We talk a lot in our broadcast, and we're echoing the comments of of Scott Drew, you got to have paint touches with the ball. You have to attack the rim. That doesn't mean you're scoring at the rim, but when the ball's in the lane, and then the ball goes to the perimeter on a kick-out three. That's what they want. That's what they're trying to create. And they'll just continue to do that, maybe a little more deliberate in their possessions. But the idea is get it in the lane, kick it out. That's where the threes are going to come from. Maybe get a little little scoring punch from other places. That's how they win, and that's how they're going to continue to win. But they're going to – maybe they control the pace some, but – uh, and and Baylor has done that in the past against teams like Kansas tried to do that against Iowa State just slow it down a little bit but it, even as I say it it sounds weird to say that Baylor's going to be a little more deliberate offensively because that just has not been their mantra for the last few years
2: Pat thanks I know you're busy I know you got to get to a meeting I appreciate your time as always look forward to the game tomorrow
12: yeah happy new year everybody
2: thank you, you and happy new year to you, to you and yours Saturday We'll see you guys. Thank you. That's Pat Nunley. He, uh, I'll tell you this. And I, I don't say this a lot, but I encourage you if, if you're not at the game Saturday to, and you're going to watch it on television, take your headset to the game. Exactly. I was going to tell you turn. If you're watching it at home on television, turn down the sound and turn the radio up. You will be thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. With our broadcast team of John Morris and Pat Nolly. it is that basketball broadcast is phenomenal, phenomenal. The you know he talks about chemistry. Well, the chemistry that these two guys have got is unbelievable. It is it's you know it is, and I know we're bragging, but you know what? It's I don't know that it's bragging when it's the truth. Uh, these guys are phenomenal on the broadcast. They give you. They give you a perspective that you just don't get. It's good stuff, man. It is good stuff. John and Pat on the call, and we'll have it right here on ESPN Central Texas coming up on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 for the pregame, 5 o'clock for the tip. Uh, As we mentioned, Baylor women coming up tomorrow on the road. They're in Lawrence. Derek and Sophia with that one. We'll talk more about that one coming up next right here on ESPN Central Texas. We are presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. Oh, by the way, from our CNC Collision Center text line, from the 254. uh, Pretty crazy to think that 15 years ago, how mediocre the Big 12 was in basketball. Now how competitive it is. The worst team could win any conference. It has to be the most competitive in all of college sports. Couldn't agree with you more. It's you don't – it's it's kind of like it was in football this year. You just can't get a day off in a, in a league game. You uh, you better bring your A game or you're going to get beat. Uh, it's pretty clear. And sometimes when you bring your A game, you're going to get beat. It's just the way it is. All right, 745. Uh, we are uh, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram Fiat, your friend of the car business, and we're brought to you in part by the Emerys That's right, Pioneer Steel and Pipe. Now, the Emory guys, they, uh, you know, the Emory family's been in business for four generations. They've been serving Central Texas since 1943. And you're invited to drop by, check out, and tour the new location at 2003 South Loop 340, Highway 6 next to Busby's Feed. It's, it's a new store, but it's the same great customer service and terrific low prices that customers expect. When, when, I, when I'm driving out on a loop, I just like to glance over there. And just see how far back it goes. I mean, this is an unbelievable facility that uh, that the Pioneer boys have put together. It really, really is. And it's to serve you. There's no question about it. Tradition and experience serves you at Pioneer Steel & Pipe. They're Central Texas's largest structural steel pipe and metal building components distributor uh, with uh, high quality and reliability. That's what Pioneer Steel & Pipe is all about they uh, they have uh, structural steel and pipe sheets, a sheet and expanded metal culverts and gates, uh, high, uh, uh, H braces and fence posts and purling and tubing and beams and well you, you get the picture. They got it all going on and they have got over two thousand items in their uh, in their showroom for you do it yourselfers. It's Pioneer Steel and Pipe. They're open Monday through Friday from seven thirty until five, Saturday eight until noon, and you can check them out twenty four seven. At PioneerBoys.com.
0: Scott Drew and the Bears all
13: season long here on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor men Home Saturday, hosting Jerome Tang and the Kansas State Wildcats. 4:30 for the countdown to tip-off. 5 p.m. tip off Saturday. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Right here on the flagship station for Baylor Basketball, ESPN Central Texas.
0: ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM, 92.3 FM
3: Delhi in the Brazos Square Center.
6: Looking for that hard-to-find, whatchamacallit, or do-dead to finish your do-it-yourself project? You'll find it at Pioneer Steel & Pipe. Over 2,000 items are included in their huge showroom, including all the steel products you need, such as bolts, nuts, and washers. Plus, you will enjoy the one-on-one customer service that Pioneer Steel & Pipe has featured since opening their doors in 1943. Pioneer Steel & Pipe, 2003 South Loop 340, next to Busby Feet in Waco, and at PioneerBoys.com.
0: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
6: I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas sports update brought to you by ESCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with case construction equipment, whatever the job is. The University of Texas has fired head basketball coach Chris Beard after his arrest for domestic family violence. Assistant head coach Rodney Carey will remain in charge for the rest of the season. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin is awake and showing substantial improvement. The NFL has decided to cancel the game in which Hamlin was injured. NFL owners are to meet today to decide the seeding for the AFC postseason, considering that cancellation. Both the Baylor men and women are in action tomorrow. The men host Kansas State for a 5 o'clock tip-off. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. The women travel to Kansas for a 4 o'clock start, and you can hear that game on Star 104.9 FM.
0: Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas game time is brought to you by big boys record service in Robinson good feet in the Central Texas marketplace and advanced foundation repair
2: All right, 7.51, this is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad you're with us. We, uh, we're we talking earlier at the top of the show about Baylor women. They're on the road today. Uh, well, I'm sure they're on the road today, but they play tomorrow uh, in Lawrence uh, at uh, Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas. And that's – look, We uh, we it's interesting. We talk Kansas basketball. Normally when you talk Kansas basketball, you talk about – You talk about just how good the men's basketball team is. Well, they are, (laughs) but I'm gonna tell you something. So are the women. The women, as we mentioned, they're off to a 12 and one start. They're eight and zero at home. Their one loss was on the road in Lincoln, and it was in triple overtime. This is a good basketball team. Uh, Baylor is coming off a huge road win over Oklahoma, good starting conference play and an opportunity to move to 3 and 0 if they could find a way to to beat KU on the road and and start 3 and 0 in conference play and take 2 out of 3 on the road. That would be that would be huge for for this Baylor women's basketball team. And Nikki Collin met with the media yesterday and she talked about the matchup with KU.
11: Yeah, they're just – they're so different, you know. How they play is different. Personnel is different. Your worries are totally different. Um, Not any less or more significant um, because, you know, you worry about Oklahoma's pace and ability to shoot the three. Um, You know, we got out-rebounded by OU, and we're getting ready to play a team that ranks seventh in the nation in rebounding, Um, you know, and and Jackson – you know, seems to, to go get almost 20 every game. And so, um, you know, their length, um, you know, and, and has been so good. Franklin's been unbelievable. You know, last year we didn't guard her from the arc. And now, even though she's not high volume, is shooting 45% from three. And so um, I think the thing about them is is their system is totally different. Um, than OU's, I, I would say what he does, Brandon, is way more similar to what we do. Um, he's just got different pieces and, and can play through um, the low posts a little more than than we can uh, with Jackson. And, and quite frankly, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher her name, um, but they're they're Greek power forward that always seems to have a really really good game against us. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I just. It's it's the rebounding, it's the paint touches for them that that are going to be a, a big challenge, you know. And they, you know, they're they're thirteen and one, and that game they lost in double overtime on the road, so they're really confident.
2: This uh, we we talked about the Baylor men maybe in a must win situation. The, the the women totally are not. But if you could find a way to steal this this game here on the road to, and grab. Your first two road games and put them in the win column. You you may look back at the end of the year and look at this week and go, you know what? add Oklahoma, add Kansas, both W's. Pretty big week uh, as far as Baylor women's basketball is concerned.
3: And it's two more wins against two top twenty-five teams. So I mean, that's resume builder. That's a resume that's builder. Right now they're two and three against top twenty-five. Kansas uh, is one one and zero, oh, and then Iowa State, who's right ahead of them at one and two. So this would be another big chalk on that resume, the RPI for the Lady Bears, if they can get that win, especially on the road at Kansas. Yeah, so that'll that'll be big time. And it's coming your
2: way at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon uh, over on 104.9 FM. And uh, we'll have it for you with uh, Derek and Sophia. 104.9 FM, 3.30 pregame, 4 o'clock tip from Allen Fieldhouse. Should be fun. Look forward to it. Uh, Big afternoon of basketball with both the uh, Baylor women and Baylor men in action tomorrow afternoon in Big 12 play. All right, uh, 7.56, we're uh, about four minutes away from 8 o'clock. Coming up at 8, we'll switch gears and we'll talk uh, Longhorn basketball as they have uh, decided to move on officially away from Chris Beard. Uh, And uh, Chris Del Conte, the uh, AD, made uh, made that announcement of that decision yesterday. We'll talk with Jeff Howe from Horns 247 Sports and 104.9, the Horn FM uh, out of Austin. We'll talk to him about that and where Texas goes, what's, uh, what's ahead for the remainder of the season. And all of those questions we'll have coming up in just a couple of minutes. But first, we welcome in the voice of the Bears, John Morris. He's got today's Friday edition of the Baylor Sports Beat.
8: It's time now for the Baylor Sports Beat. Here's the voice of
13: the Bears. John Morris. Our money is time for a check. Of Baylor athletics on the Friday. Baylor Sports Beat coming up. Baylor women's basketball has a top twenty-five showdown on the road at Kansas. Plus, the Baylor men hosting Jerome Tang and the K-State Wildcats tomorrow at the Farrell Center. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Got the great selection of new cars and trucks at Allen Samuels in Waco. Say big during the Big Finish Sales event on new 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star Trucks with total values of up to $7,250 and no payments for 90 days. First responders get $500 in bonus cash. Come see why Ram continues to win awards every year. If we don't have what you want in stock, we'll custom build the truck of your dreams and order it today. Hurry in for some of the best deals of the year on Ram Trucks at Allen Samuels in Waco.
8: Now,
13: for a look at what's happening this weekend in Baylor Athletics. Here again is
9: John Morris.
13: And welcome back. It is a top 25 Big 12 women's basketball showdown in Lawrence, Kansas tomorrow. 23rd ranked Baylor taking on number 21, Kansas. On the air at 3.30 tomorrow, 4 p.m. Tip-off on 104.9 FM television on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Related to Baylor women's basketball, Dre Edwards, the Kentucky transfer, made it public yesterday that she will most likely not play for Baylor this year. The waiver from her previous school has not been granted, but that news met with a very positive attitude by Dre Edwards. That announcement met with a very positive attitude from Dre Edwards, who appreciates the growth during her time at Baylor.
11: Um, It's honestly been amazing. Honestly, um... I could sit here and talk about it all day, but the support has been amazing, and I truly appreciate everything that everyone has done for me um, and continue to do for me um, from academics to to basketball to coaches to everyone on staff to my teammates. Honestly, everyone has been, even the fans. Honestly, everybody has been so supportive, and I really appreciate it. I think for me, I'm just super proud um, of what she's accomplished since she's she's been here. Um, She's been a leader. Um, she's obviously a great basketball player, but above and beyond that, she's been a great teammate. Um, what she's done in the classroom shows what she's capable of, you know, to, to take as many credits she did this summer and this fall, to take 18 credits this fall, and to get a 3-6 just in the fall semester while, while rushing a sorority. I don't even know what that means because I never did it, but I've heard it's, it's a lot of work. And so, you know, when I think about everything that, that she's done – I would just love to see her be rewarded because she's a kid that loves the game. She doesn't cheat the game.
13: Coach Nikki Collin, preceded by Dre Edwards, again, most likely will not play in a Baylor uniform this year. And the Baylor men back in action tomorrow, hosting the white-hot Kansas State Wildcats on the air at 4.30, tip-off at 5 in the Farrell Center for the return to the Farrell Center of Coach Jerome Tang. The broadcast right here on ESPN Central Texas Television on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus, and that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. Talk to you tomorrow from the Farrell Center and have more Monday. I'm John Morris
0: from the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios. This is KRZI Waco K222 DC Waco K265DV Temple ESPN Central Texas. All right, it's 8 o'clock. Welcome in to Hour 2 of the program.
2: This is Game Time with Tom Ward, Ryan. We're glad you're with us. We're presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. Let's welcome into the program from 104.9 FM, the Horn Radio in Austin and, and Horns 247 Sports. Jeff how? Jeff, good morning. Appreciate your time. What changed for uh, Chris Del Conte to make that decision yesterday?
1: I think, Tom, it was just the the body of work. I just think the I think the four cause part to to me that was the big thing in this is doing your due diligence uh, and, and kind of seeing uh, where things are headed. To me, uh, I think if Texas did that investigation, I, mean, I, I heard from the outset, Tom, we did it at horse twenty four seven. We heard that uh, you know Texas was going to give Chris Beard a chance to kind of get his ducks in a row, present a case, and I think as things as time went on, as Texas kind of dug into it themselves. Uh, I just don't think they like what they heard. And, uh, you know, you boil it down to it's in the contract. If he was arrested for a felony, charged with a felony, uh, that was grounds for termination. And uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, from Chris Del Conte all the way up to, you know, Jay Hartz with the president, Kevin to the, the chairman of the Board of Regents, th- those are the three guys that were in lockstep hiring Chris Beard. Uh, I think at the end of the day for them, uh, it was just, uh, as the statement said yesterday, just conduct unbecoming, Uh, of of a head coach of a major sport at Texas, and and they separate ties. So uh, I just think, like I said, Tom, at the end of the day, I think at the end of uh, Texas kind of doing their due diligence on this thing, I just think they got to a point where they realized uh, they just could not go forward with Chris Beard as their head men's basketball coach.
3: So what's next for the Longhorn basketball program?
1: Well, for right now, Ward, uh, you know, I think they're – You can look at this a couple of different ways. You can look at it from the side. Do they have some adversity, which certainly they've dealt with that for the last few weeks. But part of me wonders, you know, they've got a veteran team, uh, a lot of guys that have played a lot of college basketball. And yes, these are guys that, you know, trusted Chris Beard, basically with their, their basketball futures. Uh, And, you know, guys like Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen, that could have pursued professional opportunities, whether that was the G league or overseas or, or whatever, uh, guys that put off getting paid to do this professionally for a year because they trusted Chris Beard. Uh, you can look at it from that side of the coin. I, I think because they're a veteran team, uh, because uh, the, the togetherness of this group, watching this group together, you get a sense that they genuinely care about each other. I do wonder if you know this maybe brings them closer together uh, if maybe this is a, a little bit of, of closure or just at least eliminates the uncertainty, uh, you know, this is definitely going to be the last run for this group. So in the immediate future, I think they're in good hands with Rodney Terry. Uh, he and, and Bob Donnellaw Jr. Have, have been filling up scouting reports and they were pretty heavily involved in scouting and in and game day management and things of that nature. So I think in the immediate future, they're fine. As far as the long-term future, uh, this allows Crystal Conte and the powers of beat to get started uh, on the search for the next head coach, and I'm sure that's that's where we're going next. But, uh, you know, I think it, it's tough enough to win in the Big 12 as it is. So if this is a thing that kind of galvanizes this team, uh, you know, Texas, Texas has the tools to be right there in the thick of it you know, as we get into late February,
12: early March.
2: You bring up an interesting point. Uh, with all, all the things that have transpired, all the things that have gone on, it would have been easy for this basketball team to kind of implode, but they've done anything but, haven't they?
1: Yeah, Tom, you know, they went to Norman and and got a win, and any time you went on the road in this league, it's a good win. I mean, it's, you know, you you guys follow it as closely as I do. There's not a bad team in this league. I mean, I don't think all 10 teams are going to make the NCAA tournament, but there there, there are 10 of 10 teams in this league that are NCAA tournament quality teams. So any win you get in this league, especially on the road, is a good thing. Uh, you know, they, they did have that that tough game uh, the day that Chris Beard was arrested, that all of this stuff happened. Uh, you know, they end up beating Rice that day. They they go to to Dallas and get a neutral site win over Stanford. He said they won the conference opener against Oklahoma. And obviously, you had a tough night and a, a pretty putrid night defensively against Kansas State the other night. But uh, you know, they've got a game they're going to Stillwater uh, tomorrow for an eleven o'clock game. So. Um, yeah, they've they played – they've been competitive, Tom. And, I, and going back to something I mentioned a minute ago, their older guys, their veteran guys have played their best basketball of the season these last five games. Uh, Marcus Carr is on a tear. He's been Big 12 Player of the Week two of the last three weeks. Uh, Timmy Allen's played his best basketball. Uh, Tyrese Hunter got on track against Kansas State with 29 points. Uh, Jabari Rice has been maybe their most consistent player coming off the bench. Like I said, they, they've they got the tools to still be competitive in this league, and I do wonder if, if the events that unfolded yesterday, if it at least brought this group uh, a, a certain amount of closure that now they can move on knowing they're not going to have Chris Beard back. Uh, there's a really high respect level for Rodney Terry, and now they can just – Proceed
3: as it is through, through a really tough Big 12. Horns have owned, the, uh, have owned Kansas over the last 21 games, winning th- uh, 21 of 34. But the other thing, with this offense being as potent as it is, scoring over 100 a couple of times here recently, how do they keep that going this weekend?
1: I'm not so concerned, Ward, about them keeping the offense going when they go to Stillwater as much as I am clamping down defensively. You know, Jerome Tang, and I think it helped having Yurik Malagy on his staff, and Yurik did the scout for that game the other night. Jerome confirmed that after the game uh, because Yurik was on the the Texas bench last year. Uh, It's not like Kansas State did anything fancy. They just really did a good job of taking advantage of some of the things that Texas does well, you know, denying the ball. Uh, you know, they made it really difficult swinging the ball for Texas to rotate. You know, their rotations were late. Uh, help side defense was non-existent. And then you compound that with Christian, Christian Bishop playing only seven minutes. He w- left with a back injury. Uh, they basically had no interior post presence. So uh, it was a combination of a lot of things. And then, look, <laughs> you know, as good as the teams are in this league, very rarely are you going to run up against a team that shoots 60% from the field like K-State did the other night. So it was a combination of, kind of texas own undoing with k-state shooting the ball so well that led to i mean you've got to go back to like tom pender's era of texas basketball to find the last time you had a defensive outing that was as putrid as what they put on the floor the other night so you know they are they're moving the ball well uh marcus carr shooting it really well like i said getting tyrese hunter involved uh jabari rice with that second group can, can really set a good tone uh, you know, Brock Cunningham has shot the ball pretty well this year when, when he's been open and been able to to get some looks. So I think offensively for me, especially Christian Bishop's not available tomorrow, what they can get out of Brock Cunningham off the bench, what they can get out of, out of Dylan Basu, uh and Dylan Mitchell, the talented freshman. I think those that, that group of interior guys, uh, I think a lot's going to be on that group uh, to, to kind of keep the offensive flow going, especially because the guards are playing so well right now. But, uh, you know, K-State took advantage of their, how, how aggressive Texas is denying the ball by getting cutters to the basket. And, and Mike Boynton, uh, honestly, it might be the most underrated X's and O's coach in the country, in my opinion. Uh, Oak State's going to look at that film from the K-State game the other night and, try, and I think try to do some of the same thing. So Rodney Terry, who along with Chris Beard was in charge of the defense, uh, what adjustments Texas makes and what kind of a different defensive product they put on the floor. That's mostly what I'll
12: be watching tomorrow.
2: I, I was going to ask, can you tell with, with, with the naked eye how how different Rodney Terry manages this team, how he manages minutes, how he manages the bench, as as opposed to Chris Beard? Is this a different-looking Texas team at all?
1: No, not really, Tom. I mean, they, they got a pretty, pretty set rotation. Uh, in terms of how they do things. The one thing I have noticed, uh, Rodney Terry's not hesitant. And we saw Chris do this at times, but it seems like RT is more willing to go a little bit smaller and and put more kind of an offensive gear lineup. You know, there was a time in the K-State game where, you know, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice, and Arturio Morris were, were all on the floor together, uh, and that's not exactly a lineup when you're looking for defensive matchups. They were looking for offense, so That's kind of the one thing I've seen change, uh, but it just seems like, and Marcus Carr I think is a prime example. Um, you know, Bob Donawald was, was running the offense uh, with Chris Beard on the bench, and he's running the offense uh, with Chris Beard out and gone now. Uh, You know, Marcus Carr, the the ball just seems to flow so much better. Uh, It's more, there's more of a sense of urgency on that in the floor. And if you watch Marcus Carr, you know, he's not getting his shots just playing ISO ball and throwing something up late in the shot clock like he tended to at times last year. He's getting his looks within the flow of the offense, coming off of a screen, uh, cutting to the basket, whatever it is. So, I just think they've been a little more crisp, and our team's been a little more willing to, to put kind of offensively geared lineups on the floor. How much
3: does it help that Terry has past head coaching experience being thrust into this role?
1: I, I think it's twofold. I think one, uh, he's got head coaching experience. I think two, uh, the fact that he was at Texas for so long under Rick Barnes and kind of understands the culture, and uh, this isn't this isn't like a, a second year assistant coach at a job that he's not familiar with. Uh, you know, Archie was with Rick during the final four year. went to a couple of elite eight. So, you know, he knows his way around the program. So I, I think that helps. And then the fact that, uh, you know, of the assistant coaches, he's your best recruiter. He's the reason why a lot of these guys came to Texas. So I, I do think the head coaching experience helps. But I think just being kind of the people person that he is. Uh, and the respect factor that's already that was already built early on with some of these guys through the recruiting process, uh, that's helped them tenfold. And, and to, honestly, Tom, to your point, I, I think that's a big reason why they haven't imploded, why they've stayed afloat throughout this deal is just that respect factor that a lot of guys have for our team.
2: All of those positives said, is he a name that's going to end up on Chris Del Conte's short list?
1: Well, he, uh, and I wrote this on the site yesterday, he's got 16 more regular season games a conference tournament and then an NCAA tournament as basically a de facto job interview. Uh, and if, you know, we have, we've seen situations like this before, you know, they're few and far between, but the one that popped into my mind, you know, granted it's an apples to pomegranates comparison, but you go back to Michigan in, in 1989, with Steve Fisher uh, taking over right before the postseason for Bill Frieder, they go on to win a national championship. And we know not Texas has the pieces in place to be able to go do that, to have a team that's got a chance to get to, get to Houston, Uh, but to win the whole thing. So, uh, you know, a key thing for me, Tom, as you look forward, if Texas hasn't made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament since 2008, if they get to that second weekend and not even necessarily get to a final four, but if they put themselves in a position where they're in the elite eight and have a chance to to knock on the door to get to Houston, uh, I think at that point you've got to seriously consider RT, because you know, you've know you got two signees, uh, and not that this is all it's about, but you've got two signees, and, and Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson, two of the best prep players in the country. But I think if Rodney Terry is the head coach of Texas, I think that might be your best chance <clears throat> excuse me, to to retain those guys unless you can go get an Eric Musselman or some other guys that are be on the shoulders. But absolutely, Rodney Terry's got a chance to, to get himself in the mix. I,
2: I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask this anyway. What, uh, what are you guys working on for Horns 247 Sports?
1: Well, I filled out the, uh, you know, with the help of the rest of the staff, filled out the the coaching hot board last night. I, I think, and, and I kind of mentioned this in there, uh, I think this search of Chris Conti has his druthers. Uh, Eric Musselman is going to be target number one. And I go into, you know, the contract buyout and why it's manageable for Texas. He's got a really good situation in Fayetteville. And by all accounts, he loves it in Fayetteville. Uh, but I think, you know, he, had Chris Beard turned the job down, I think that's where Chris Del Conte was going next in the coaching search last time around. So uh, we get into some Eric Musselman stuff. Uh, our national basketball guys have been great. Eric Boss, he had a, a role of candidates that he felt like Texas should pursue. Uh, plenty of basketball content. Chip Brown takes you to the ins and outs. So aside from the university standpoint, from Chris Beard's standpoint, uh, all the open records that we had come through yesterday. So all of that stuff is on the side. And we've got a little bit of recruiting fixed in two. You know, Jelani McDonald out of college is going to make his decision tomorrow at the All American Bowl down to San Antonio, he's down to Texas, TCU, and Oklahoma State. We get into that recruitment, and uh, things continue to look good for Texas on that front. So, a lot of basketball, football recruiting. You know, football never ends. So, a little sport right now on, on the site.
2: Jeff, as always, it's a pleasure, man. I know you got to you got to get going. You got a radio show to prep for, and uh, we appreciate your time as always this morning.
1: Yeah, no problem, Tom. Anytime.
2: You have a great day. That's Jeff Howe from Horns Two Four Seven Sports and. One hundred four point nine Horn FM in Austin with the the ins and outs. Well, Ryan, we have not heard the the last of this. Uh, I I don't believe I, I you know, with what I read yesterday, uh, as far as the response from Chris Beard's people, his attorney, I, I just I, I don't believe we've heard the the last of of this situation with with Texas basketball.
3: I don't. Yeah, I'm probably not but it's pretty ironclad in the contract that he can be terminated if he is cause cause. Yeah. So I mean, they don't, they don't have a whole lot to stand on. They seem to think they do when you read, when you well, read their perspective, the only reason they do is because she recanted hmm. and the police aren't buying the recant. So, I mean, th- somebody got in there and said, Hey, uh, we need to talk about this, and she recanted, which you knew was gonna happen, and you know then it, it's day late and a dollar short for that, and so well, I, you know at the end of the day
2: and, and we're not down there, we don't know, and even if we were down there we we're not gonna know, but you gotta feel like that that they did their due diligence before coming to this this decision. That's the first question I asked what changed, and you know obviously. Uh, internally that information is not going to be out there, but t- clearly they, they felt like they had enough in their internal investigation to say this, this thing's not, he, he can't turn the corner here and get this thing corrected. We've got to go on. And or move it's another been a delay. situation he's got underneath somebody's skin before. That yeah, c- could be, I, I just believe that they, they gathered enough information to say that, you know, there's no way that he could, he could fix it. And, and, and it's not going to get fixed. and, It's time to move on in a different direction. That's what they did. Uh, 8.15, 15 15 minutes after 8. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad you're with us. And uh, we're right back with more in just a moment.
0: Recently on Game Time, we're joined now by WFAA-TV Channel 8's Joe Trahan. It feels to me that there are certainly times when Keller just hits too cute. We have seen this offense at its best is when they are mixing in Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, Zeke's hitting them right in the mouth, Pollard's hitting them on the perimeter, and then Dak mixes in play-action passing. And when you get away from the formula that we have seen has been so successful, this offense goes the wrong way. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPNC. Central Texas.
14: Everything
11: we do, we do for you.
14: First Central Credit Union free reward checking earns 4% APY, refunds all your ATM fees, and has a savings account combo that earns you money too. Ask for Casasa checking. It's easy to apply online at FirstCentralCU.com.
9: Everything we do, we do for you.
3: APY is annual percentage yield, eligibility and qualifications apply. Member NCUA.
9: How Payne turned an avid outdoorsman into a frustrated indoorsman. Meet Ron.
10: I was always active. No knee pain. And after my second step, I went into my Good Feet dance.
9: Today, he's grateful to be back in the great outdoors. I feel like a new person,
10: thanks to the Good Feet store.
9: See for yourself how Arch Supports can help you. Stop by for your free fitting or schedule one at goodfeet.com.
10: Stop by the Good Feet
0: store in the Central Marketplace in Waco and now in Temple. Keep up with Big 12 hoops on your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. ESPN Central Texas.
7: Hey, guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and We're Foundation Repair. We're probably not going to be able to do that last commercial on the air. No, I got in trouble. You are inappropriate. I didn't mean to. I know you're accidentally inappropriate. Well, it's, I was born this way. Yeah. Who's that girl that sings that? I have no idea. Okay, anyway. Y'all call us and remind me who sung that song, Born This Way. Born it. Anyway, why are we here? To tell people that we would be happy to come give them a free inspection for foundation repair. But it's cold. Yes. So I have to be happy in the cold? No, you don't have to. FixItJimmy.com. Just call us. She'll make me show up. I wear my polar bear suit. 254-235-4922.
13: So many chores and so little time. If you feel this way too, WC Tractor is here to help. We've bundled up the most popular new Kubota tractors with the most popular implements and created ready-to-go Kubota packages for your convenience. Stop by any of our Kubota locations and take a test ride in our new affordable Kubota L3302. Neatly packaged with a loader, cutter, box blade, and trailer. Think of all the tasks you can conquer with a new Kubota tractor package. Come by or visit us online at WCTractor.com.
8: My house isn't says- Direct.
0: It's time for Stephanie from Sales to Talk Sports. Brought to you by Advanced Leveling Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Mission Golf Cars, and ASCO Equipment in Belton.
11: Oh, it's... Uh, <laughs> even I'm
2: laughing now. It's uh, it's 820 Welcome back into the program. Did you see Ward's expression? Yeah. He just shakes his head over there. <laughs> oh. Oh boy it's 8 20 welcome into the program this is game time we...
15: oh boy mm. don't do that to me it's... for our listeners out there i just want you all to know that if i tell a story tom tries to like what's the word stump me up and i just stare into space what? like let me think about this is that truth or not truth
2: i i make a comment about your story that may or may not be true. <laughs> Whatever.
8: My story is. And, and are
2: it's true. up to you to figure out whether. According to Google's.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's up to you to decide whether or not the I... comment I made is the truth or not the truth. And in most cases,
15: it's not the truth. I know. So I have to stop and think for a minute. <laughs> And then well, I lose my train then of thought. Smoke comes
2: out your ears. <laughs> <laughs> the whistle blows. <laughs> well, which when, when, when the first word after I make a comment is
15: "what,"
2: <laughs> then you know that you got her off the trail. Oh brother! Oh boy! Oh boy! All right, it's Friday. What are we doing today?
15: Well, you know, you I, got big weekend plans. Yes, I do actually. My daughter's here, so um yeah. right. she's leaving for Tampa Bay University on Tuesday. So. On a jet plane. Actually, she's driving. Oh, okay. So, um. UT. Yep, they call they actually call it University of Tampa Bay. Really, UT. Really? They do. So she's leaving, and Mama's a little nervous because I'm here and she's there. So, you know, but spending time with her this weekend. All right. Gearing up for the big game on Monday and tacos on Tuesday morning.
2: How about that? We'll, we will be at uh, Fuzzy Taco. Now, where is it located again?
15: Fifteen ten. Uh-huh. Hewitt Drive.
2: Okay. In Hewitt. What side of the road is that? Left depends or right?
15: It depends on which, which direction to you're going. going. <laughs> Come on, Ward. Help me out here. <laughs> you were trying to get me there, but I, I'm ahead of you on that one. So, yeah. And it's actually 1510 Sweet One. You can't miss it, though. Oh, Sweet One. Uh-huh. So, if Corey's listening this morning, Corey, it's Sweet One. You'll see it. You'll see it. But anyways, moving on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yesterday, you know, I did the top 10 most profitable sports. So get this. Yeah. Here's a list of 10 most popular celebrity owners of sports teams. Okay. Will Smith. Will Smith. What's he on? Philadelphia 76ers. Really? Yes.
2: No. He, Come on.
15: He's part of he's 50% owner in 50. Yeah, I think 50. But Philadelphia Sixers. Who'd you slap
3: to get that job?
15: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, get out there, Ward! You're on fire <laughs> this morning. His net worth is $350 million. That's a lot of money. Justin, Timber- yeah. Justin Timberlake, part owner of the Memphis Grizzlies. Really? Who knew? I wonder if he's saying his way to ownership.
3: Maybe. Uh, Does sure. he do the halftime show?
15: <laughs> he, he probably could. He should do it for free. Well, he owns it, so. I know. His net worth is $250 million. Usher. Cleveland Usher. Cavaliers.
3: So Usher. basketball is relevant in the superstar ownership.
15: Well, I well, guess. The, for, top,
3: the top three are basketball teams.
15: Right, and they all sing and act. Well,
3: well yeah, that's what right? I'm saying. Oh. I just just kind of said that.
15: Oh, well, I said it differently. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray. Who knew? State- Chicago Cubs. Well, the minor league Saint Paul Saints. He's owner of the minor league baseball team, and his net worth is 180 million.
3: He's a big Cubby fan. Mm-hmm.
15: He's he's a lot. If you look, I saw him
3: at a Baylor basketball game.
15: You did? Hmm. Oh, is he a Bear fan too.
3: His, I forgot the relationship. Maybe somebody can help me on the text line. But, uh, they were a coach at Gonzaga. Hmm.
4: Anytime I, get, anytime I think of, like, the Cubs winning the World Series back in 2017, all I think about is that shot of Bill Murray, like, taking mm-hmm. his hat off and everything. Yeah. He, Love that.
15: You'll see him on the TV at those games a lot. On the TV. On the TVs. On the telly. Or you can YouTube it on the Googles. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Soccer. Yep. The Austin FC Major League Soccer team.
3: You see him all over that. Yeah.
15: Yeah, I can. Will Ferrell. Soccer. Mm. Los really? Angeles FC Major League Soccer Team.
3: Wow. Did you ever see him <laughs> do his bit with the baseball teams?
15: I don't know that I Oh, yeah. He was going
4: to like different stadiums and, mm-hmm. like, yeah. That was, that was, was awesome. That great. was awesome.
15: Huh. Interesting. Ryan Reynolds. Wrexham. Wrexham AFC, a Welch soccer team. His nah. net worth is $150 million. Ooh. Okay. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Remember him? Soccer. It's got to be. Rugby. Rugby. Oh, rugby. He's the owner nice. of the South Sydney Rugby team. His network. Where do they play at? Uh, Australia hmm. and Sydney. Okay. Which
2: one, Sydney or Australia?
15: They're both the same thing. Well, Sydney, Australia is the country and Sydney Sydney's like what? The city? County. The state. County. They don't have counties over there. They have They states. certainly do. <laughs> they have states. Oh. Okay. Tom's been
4: there. He knows.
15: Right. Natalie Portman, remember her?
4: No. From the Portman sisters?
15: No. She played in like the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. okay. She's like a model or something. She owns Angel City, which is a national women's soccer team. Her net worth is $90 million, And hmm. you're going to love this one. Ward Eva Longoria.
3: Oh, man. San Antonio Spurs.
15: No. 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 Oh, she dated yeah.
3: what's his name from the Spurs. <laughs> oh.
15: She married him.
3: Oh, but they're not married anymore. No, mm-hmm.
15: no, that love. That, he was <laughs> that love life didn't last very long. <laughs> but she owns part of the. I'm going to screw this up. Nick Nicasa. It's it's Spanish. Nicasa. Sp- anyways, it's a soccer team in Mexico. It's Club Nicasa, and she's like 50 percent owner.
3: Wow, How about I'm that? a new fan of that soccer team. <laughs>
15: now, now you like soccer, mm-hmm. but um. I'm trying to think of her ex-husband. I mean, I, I can see him. He's tall. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't think of his name either. Old Spurs player?
4: Yes. yes. Tall. Tall. Good player. But, Tim Duncan? No. No. Uh. Anybody? Uh, Yeah. Hang
2: it? on. We're going to the Googles machine.
4: That is... My-
15: Ginobili? Who, oh.
2: no. no, but he he was he Parker what yeah Tony Parker
4: Tony Parker. Tony Parker from France yeah. Yeah. yeah from
2: France that's
15: right yeah. yeah they didn't stay married very long
3: so she's a Texan she yeah she is... went to Texas A and M Kingsville mm-hmm. so how about that yep. there you go
15: but anyways there you go a little bit of information all right who knew
2: so you you've got big weekend plans hey here's have you thought maybe sometime this week maybe about selling something
15: you know what Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you pick on me like that? I'm just curious. I usually you sell something. took Monday
2: off, worked Tuesday, Wednesday, none of it, Wednesday No, wait off, a minute. Worked. I was
15: here Monday. None of y'all were.
2: We told you.
15: I think y'all just set me up. I'm sitting here staying in the studio waiting for y'all.
3: <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I neither do here. I. All
15: right, Steph, have right. a great
2: weekend. Y'all too. Thank you. 828, this is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas.
13: Nikki Collin and Baylor Women's Basketball on 104.9 FM. The Baylor women stay on the road in Big 12 play, headed to Lawrence to play the Jayhawks this Saturday. 3.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 4 p.m. tip-off Saturday on 104.9 FM. Follow the 12-time defending Big 12 champions with Sophia Young-Malcolm and the voice of Baylor Women's Basketball, Derek Smith on 104.9 FM.
0: Game time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
5: Hello, everyone. Brian Reese here, General Manager, Harley-Davidson of Waco. I'd like to thank all of our loyal customers for an incredible 2022 and wish all of our ESPN Central Texas audience a very happy 2023. To say thank you, I'd like to invite you to come into my store, mention the ESPN Central Texas advertisement, and I will hook you up with an incredible opportunity on any brand-new 2022 Harley-Davidson motorcycle and stock i can't ask for brian reese and i will get
14: your knees in the breeze in the market for a quality metal building since 1943 pioneer steel and pipe have helped central texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design panel options building components and trim options pioneer steel and pipes residential line is energy efficient offers low maintenance reduces insurance payments is impact resistant and carries up to a 45 year limited warranty In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. ESPN
0: Radio Sports Center.
6: I'm Mark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas sports update. The University of Texas has fired head basketball coach Chris Beard after his arrest for domestic family violence. Assistant head coach Rodney Terry will remain in charge for the rest of the season. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin is awake and showing substantial improvement. Doctors report his neurological condition appears to be intact, but still list him in critical condition. The NFL has decided to cancel the game in which Hamlin was injured. NFL owners are to meet today to decide the seating for the AFC postseason, considering that cancellation. The final weekend of the NFL regular season starts with two games tomorrow: Kansas City at Las Vegas, and Jacksonville hosting Tennessee. The Cowboys play at Washington Sunday afternoon, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas Sports
0: Center every twenty minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics.
2: 8.32, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad you're with us as we talk Cowboy football. Cowboys and the Commanders coming up. Boy, that's just weird to say, isn't it? Cowboys in Washington coming up on Sunday afternoon. Uh, a 325 kick. We have the broadcast right here uh, beginning at 2.30. We welcome in from the Cowboy broadcast team, Kyle Yeomans. Kyle, we're debating in this room today, and we have been for the last couple of days. Do you want a red-hot Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay at home, or do you want Tom Brady and Tampa on the road? And the answer is,
16: oh man, either one would not be ideal. I think you're, uh, I think you're hoping for a Detroit scenario or a Seattle scenario instead of having to go up against either one of those two guys. But with those two being the most likely, I, I think I would rather take the two seed and, and be at home uh, because even, even though Aaron Rodgers and that that Green Bay team, they're, they're they're playing better. They beat you the first time around. I, I really do think there's a, a little bit of added motivation there, and you get the road possibly running through AT&T Stadium to get to the Super Bowl. So I think I would rather take the two seed and, and take the home field advantage. However, if you really wanted to get into the weeds, I mean, if you're the five seed, there's an opportunity for you to go on the road against Tampa Bay. And then game number two, you would go on the road possibly against Minnesota if Green Bay is able to upset San Francisco. So you would, go, uh, you would go at Tampa Bay, at Minnesota, and then potentially if you win and Green Bay upsets the Eagles just like they did San Francisco, you would play Green Bay at home in the, the conference championship game. So I think I would rather take the two seed, but there are some routes really even as the five seed that could have the Cowboys in a good position here some playoff time.
3: The Cowboys getting healthier on the defensive side.
16: A little bit. Leighton Vanderesh back in practice this week, and and of course, that's a huge sign for that defense, especially in the run defense. Uh Jonathan Hankins hasn't made his return just yet, but he's expected to make his return over the next couple of days. And then we'll see uh where where they are going into the playoffs. But at least having Leighton Vanderesh back, that's a that's a huge piece. He was playing so well prior to the injury and uh, we were all lucky to, to hear or happy to hear that the, the neck injury wasn't exactly what happened. It was a shoulder stinger. So he's back at, at practice. He's in full pads and he looks ready to go. Hopefully uh, he, he gets to see uh, a solid number of snaps, but not too many on Sunday up against Washington.
2: And, and I'm going to take you back to the, to the playoff scenario for just a second and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but cause I've talked to you earlier this week about all this. Uh, <laughs> if, if, the if for the Cowboys to be the one seed draw the open mm-hmm. by and home field advantage all the way they would have to win on Sunday the Eagles would have to lose on Sunday and and Arizona would have to beat San Francisco uh, on Sunday is Correct. that the scenario
16: yes that's all that would need to happen it, oh, that's if, all <laughs> yeah you know all that needs to happen that four that four win Arizona team upsetting San Francisco yeah that that's a that's a huge thing uh, even if there's a tie in there, I think with either of those sides, I think either way it, it does defer to the opponent.
3: Where's this offense right now as we head into the final week going against Washington? Is it is it where it needs to be with Kellen Moore calling the correct plays and Dak Prescott starting to get settled in, or is there still a lot of work to do there?
16: I think there's work to do, and, and whenever you really look at – how this offense has played, the numbers have been there. I mean, they've been playing solid football in terms of the efficiency and the play calling and uh, even at times the execution, but you got to, you got to avoid turnovers. Turnovers are huge. And if you end up turning the football over at the rate that they have been, uh, I mean, Dak Prescott, 14 interceptions in 11 games. He's had a career high and he's only played in 11 games. That's, that's huge. You cannot turn the football over if you expect to win games against good football teams. And and that's exactly what's happening right now is that it, when you're not turning the football over, this offense is actually firing on all cylinders. And if, uh, if you're not turning the football or if you are turning the football over, you're giving a, a team an opportunity to get at your, uh, your banged up defense. So, I, I think there's a chance that this this team and this offense can get back to the, the high prowess that it was last year. However, they're, they're just going to have to find a way to, to keep the football in their hands and not give the opponent any extra opportunities.
2: Visiting with Kyle Yeomit from the uh, Cowboy Broadcast Team. Kyle, speaking of banged up, what does the offensive line look like for Sunday? And best case scenario, what does the offensive line look like for round one of the playoffs?
16: You said best-case scenario for the playoffs? Yes. Beattish back? Yeah, I think that's best-case scenario is that Beattish is back, and then you go back to Connor McGovern at left guard. You go to uh, Tyler Smith at left tackle, and, of course, the the right side stayed the same anyways. I would anticipate McGovern playing center this week against Washington and Beattish potentially being back for the wild card round. I don't think uh, it's going to take too much longer. He's listed on the injury report. They never put him on IR. Um, and with him being on the injury report, that means he's within four weeks out. And it's it's already been kind of a week and a half by the time Washington rolls around because it was a Thursday game, having an extra couple days to help Yadish kind of healed up there. But I talked to Conor McGovern and Matt Farniok yesterday. I was kind of just garnering what they're, they're, how comfortable they are at the, uh, at the center spot. McGovern played a lot of center throughout high school and throughout his time at Penn state. He actually bounced back and forth between guard and center really throughout his entire prep career and his entire collegiate career. So the fact that he's getting moved to center is not out of the ordinary for Connor McGovern. Whereas Matt Farniak, the only time he had really been a center was whenever he got drafted by or got signed by Dallas and drafted by Dallas and then turns around and they basically said, all right, we're going to put you at center. So he's a little less comfortable at the center spot than Connor McGovern. So I would expect kind of the same lineup that we saw to end the Tennessee game this week when they go up against Washington.
3: Is C.D. Lamb starting to come into that number one wide receiver role uh, as we head toward the playoffs? And how much did T.Y. Hilton help him if he is?
16: I think he absolutely is, and the numbers certainly can show you that. I mean, 100 yards receiving in three straight games. And then you look at some of the season-long numbers. I mean, he's the, only the third player, third player in Cowboys history. Think about all the great wide receivers and all the great tight ends that have played for this organization. He's only the third, along with Michael Irvin and Jason Witten, to have 100 catches in a season. That's really impressive what what CD has been able to do from a consistency level and from an explosiveness level. He's been explosive these last few weeks. He continues to to rack up 100-yard games, and they need that because T.Y. Hilton is contributing, but he's also a 31-year-old receiver that's still trying to get back into the swing of things as as making an impact, but he has come in and made an impact, and that's partially the reason why they released James Washington is because T.Y. has been able to do so. But I, I really do think CD is starting to play like you expected CD to play earlier this season, and that's a huge plus for this Cowboys team.
2: When you, uh, when you look at this game, and, and obviously they're gonna, Washington's going to play, what, a taxi driver or, or – no, I'm kidding. Uh, they're going to go to Sam Howell at quarterback. How long do you anticipate the Cowboys starters being in this game?
16: Uh, I would anticipate it at least being in, uh, until they got it put away. I mean, they've got everything to play for. That's the thing is this this Cowboys team has every goal that they set out to, to achieve prior to the season. They, they still have, and they still have in front of them entering the final week of the regular season, which is incredible. You could still be the number one seed, like you just said, even though it is a slim chance, you still have that in front of you, but you need a win first to to let those dominoes fall you could still win the division which is a little more likely but still pretty unlikely again you still need to win for that to happen and then of course you've got a chance to make a run and go win a Super Bowl so the the goals are still out in front I don't think Mike McCarthy and this Cowboys team have really looked at this game any differently than they would have uh if if Washington was was a little bit better than than they are now but this is a Washington team that is just downright beat up unmotivated they just don't look like the the team you kind of anticipated to see when everybody got healthy when everybody got healthy it's almost like they got worse and so kind of a a weird situation but I don't think Dallas is really looking at this week as okay when can we rest our starters I think it's when can we Uh, when can we put this game away? And then maybe from there, if we're up by two or three scores late, maybe we give a quarter off for for the guys that are probably going to see a significant amount of snaps in the wild card round or in the divisional round. I
2: I guess what I was asking is is playing time going to be predicated on on scoreboard watching with with the San Francisco game in Arizona and with the the Philadelphia game uh, against (laughs) the Giants. Are they scoreboard watching to determine some playing time late in the game?
16: I, I don't think they, they'll, they'll never admit it. They won't. And Mike McCarthy even said it this week. He says, I, you think I've got time to watch a scoreboard? That's not necessarily the case. Uh, Somebody does. I, I, also, I, I was about to say, I don't think it's out of the question that if Philly and San Francisco are up by massive margins, I think it would have to be a lot that would have to, to conspire before they actually pull the guys based off of what I just said because I don't think they're really changing their mindset. But if let's say San Francisco's up by three scores on Arizona and Philadelphia is just run ruling uh, that Giants team and, and the Giants rest all their guys, then maybe at that point, even in a, a tighter game or even in a closer game, I think you would you would at least consider it. I just I don't think it will happen. I really don't. I think I think the, for the most part. Washington Cowboys game is out of hand and put away I don't think they're going to rest a whole lot of guys
3: is this team good enough to rest
16: no and that's part of the reason why uh, they they've won six of their last seven they've won some football games but if you're asking me are they playing their best football of the year I, I don't think so I, I really don't uh, this is not a team that's firing at, at uh, a premium level right now this is a team that's sticking with competition whenever they're playing teams that aren't as good as them and uh, teams that are just uh, a team that just hasn't executed the way that they should based off of the talent that they've got on paper. Sure, they've had some injuries, and, and sure, they've, they've won some, some games. They're 12-4 and four for the second straight year heading into to, uh, a potential playoff berth. I, I don't think they're good enough right now, or at least they're playing well enough right now, to, to really rest on their laurels and say, "All right, we're gonna, we'll turn it on, we'll flip the switch whenever playoffs come around." I don't think you can do that with this team, not ju- not yet.
2: Isn't that strange to say when we're talking about a team that's in all likelihood going to be the number, could be the number two seed. If not, they're going to be the five seed. It's a team that's going to have thirteen wins, and we're talking about not playing yeah. their best football. Isn't that a bizarre thing to be talking about?
16: And I think that's a byproduct of last year, Tom. I really do. Because you went 12-5 and five last year. You, you fall in the wild card round to San Francisco. And then you have to uproot your roster to a certain extent that, of course, you don't have Amari Cooper anymore. You don't have Randy Gregory. You don't have uh, Lyle Collins. And, sure, you, you went out and you found some replacements that actually played pretty well throughout the year. I mean, you think of the three guys that replaced the, the production from them. They played well this year. However, you can't rely on that to happen every single calendar year. You you can't do that. Like there's a lot of luck and a lot of uh, fortune that kind of comes with that. And if you're not having playoff success at any point in the near future, there's going to be frustration that grows and has grown for Cowboys fans. You, you can go 13 and four, but if you lose in the wild card round to a Tampa Bay team that, again, on paper, looks like you should beat, then I I think there's a a heap of disappointment that's going to be coming toward Dallas this offseason. Teams, or or, excuse me, fans want this team to have playoff success. They could care less about the regular season results if it doesn't end up in either a conference championship or a Super Bowl. And 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 that's what the the fan base expects. That's what they want. And that's what they haven't gotten in 27 years.
3: How rapidly is this window closing?
16: I think it is closing. And it, it, you can always do things from a roster standpoint to to help extend the window. But anytime you have a franchise quarterback, check. Anytime you got a franchise wide receiver, check. Or you've got a guy on your defense that's an absolute game wrecker, check. You've got a chance. And so the Cowboys have all three of those things, and they certainly – have shown that they can win a ton of football games and they have the type of talent to make a run, but it's just whether or not they, they can get through there. So if the window is closing, it's still got some time in it, and you're going to have to pay some guys coming up. Think about Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb. If they continue to play the way that they've been playing, those are going to be next-level contracts. While you've still got guys on your roster like Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, that you've already paid DeMarcus Lawrence, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith to, to kind of continue that run. And, and when you've got a personnel department that's been as successful as uh, Will McClay's department has in drafting guys and, and adding pieces through the draft, then I think you're, uh, I think you're always going to stand a chance. But is the window closing right now? No. Is it closing? Absolutely. And you've got to find a way to win before it gets too shut. Uh, over the next couple of years,
3: if the Cowboys do a cowboy thing and get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, Mike McCarthy is he back as the head coach of this of this team?
16: <sighs> it's tough. It's really tough to say, which is already a problem. I would say yes, he is, because if, I mean, no team has gone twelve wins back to back since ninety four and ninety five, which means you're at least on the right track. Uh, if you if you go out and you hire a new head coach, no matter who it is you're still kind of starting from scratch. And I, gave, I give a, a lot of credit to Mike McCarthy. Before the season started, most people had the Cowboys at around 10, 11 wins. So they were a double-digit win team, or at least expected to be. But if you expected them to go 13 wins, have a very good shot going into uh, the final week of the regular season to win the division, and even an outside shot, to be the number one seed. I don't think you would have believed it early in the year. So that's a credit to Mike McCarthy. That's a credit to Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, and really that entire coaching staff. The weird part about it is, is who do you trust more out of that coaching staff? Are there, is there more trust around Dan Quinn and what he could do, or is it more trust around Mike McCarthy and the culture that he's built? I I don't know the answer to that question. Dan Quinn's really been the one that's kind of rallied this whole turnaround, with the way that he turned the defense around from 2020 to 2021. So if Mike McCarthy uh, is is back next year, I think you're probably not going to have your coordinators. So you got to keep that in mind as well, depending on how the success goes next year. I think that would be the deciding factor on whether or not Mike McCarthy is, is around for 2024. But he's got to get the job done soon uh, because, uh, I mean, it showed with Jason Garrett. You can win some games, but if you don't win playoff games, it's not gonna matter. Kyle
2: Yeomans from the Cowboy Broadcast team. Kyle, where can we find you Sunday?
16: Yeah, so 325 kickoff. So we've got a uh, we've got a two PM Central Time pregame show, pregame live. Uh from the star in Frisco, me, Barry Church, Isaiah back. and then uh we've got postgame for you also from the star. Cowboys game night, Cowboys OT, and then right after the final whistle we've got cowboys first word presented by dr pepper should be a whole lot of fun good weekend on hand let's close out the regular season strong let's talk some playoff football how about that guys
2: sounds good kyle we appreciate your time thanks so much thanks for having me talk to you soon there you go that's kyle yeoman he was talking about i think you were talking about cd lamb being that that number one guy here's a stat for you here I love numbers uh he has cd has Three games this year where he has at least 10 catches in a game. Last Cowboy wide receiver to have a season where he's had at least 10 catches in three games. 1995 in Michael Irvin. So, uh, you know, now the last Cowboy receiver to do it was Jason Witten in 2010. That's still a long time ago. But uh, that'll just kind of tell you where CeeDee Lamb is playing and the level he's playing at right now. Uh, Let's see. One other quick note. I I tell you what, we'll get to that in just a second. got two or three things to get to on the grab bag. We'll do it next on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Recently on the John Morris show. John Denton with us,
13: longtime color analyst for TCU.
6: Well, you know, the pressure's been on us for a couple of years, Johnny, since uh, you and uh, Baylor basketball team won the national championship. I mean, we at TCU had to do something. I'm running out of time. So I think <laughs> you are. Like,
10: if we're going to do it, it needs to be this year.
0: There you go. Um, the voice of the Bears, John Morris, weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
9: How pain turned an avid outdoorsman into a frustrated indoorsman. Meet Ron.
10: I was always active. no knee pain and after my second step i went into my good feet dance
9: today he's grateful to be back in the great outdoors
10: i feel like a new person thanks to the good feet store
9: see for yourself how arch supports can help you stop by for your free fitting or schedule one at goodfeet.com
3: stop by the good feet store in the central marketplace in waco and now in
0: temple the source for baylor athletic news and information espn central texas
15: I'm Amy Hunter, president of Jeff Hunter Toyota. With our state-of-the-art service and body shop, there's no need to go anywhere else. Our factory-trained technicians will take
8: great care of you. I guarantee it.
5: Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality, Waco values. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Ricoh, Xerox, Konica Minolta, Canon, Kyocera, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is with an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 85. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or UBEO.com
0: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
6: I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas sports update. The University of Texas has fired head basketball coach Chris Beard after his arrest for domestic family violence. Assistant head coach Rodney Terry will remain in charge for the rest of the season. Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, is awake and showing substantial improvement. Doctors report his neurological condition appears to be intact, but still list him in critical condition. The NFL has decided to cancel the game in which Hamlin was injured. NFL owners are to meet today to decide the seating for the AFC postseason, considering that cancellation. The final weekend of the NFL regular season starts with two games tomorrow Kansas City at Las Vegas and Jacksonville hosting Tennessee. The Cowboys play at Washington Sunday afternoon, and you can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grand bag on game time. All right, a couple of quick football notes.
2: Jack Stone, the uh, former Michigan State University place kicker, has uh, announced that he is transferring to Baylor. That's, so the Bears pick up a kicker. And uh, Ward, this is this is going to be a cool thing. Saturday morning at 11 o'clock on NBC, KCEN-TV. It's the uh, Army All-American Bowl, and there's going to be two Central Texans playing in it. Waco Conley's uh, Jelani McDonald is going to be in the game, and also a, a a player from
3: Temple that you're quite familiar with is going to be in the game. Yeah, Mikael Harrison Pilot will be playing in that in that game as well, so should be fun to watch him try to. Uh get some more eyes on him. I think he's already mm-hmm. made up his mind, but it hadn't been declared. He, he may do it at the game. McDonald is going to do it at the game. So that'll be interesting. So there you go. All right. That's going to
2: do it for us. Uh, Wyatt Thompson is going to be on the John Moore show. He's the play-by-play voice of Kansas State basketball and football. He'll visit with John at three and then uh, Matt Mosley's coming your way at four. So that's what we got lined up for you the rest of the afternoon. And then we're back with you on Monday morning. Don't forget women's basketball on 104.9 tomorrow and men's basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Ward and for Ryan, I'm Tom. Thanks for listening. We will see you Monday morning at 7 right here on your flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas.